now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place for you to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners. Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. And Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. I'm your host here every week. It's one of my favorite jobs. Not my main job. Actually, I sell homes. That's what I've been doing since 1991. I've helped hundreds of people here in Greater Victoria with either their purchases or selling a home or investment properties, a whole bunch of different things. And I love this industry. I'm proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada. I would be pleased to help you as well, too. You can find my contact information and the rest of the whole Home Show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under Shows, and there you'll find us, the whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. Please reach out. We love hearing from you. And I have to say, I hear from CFAX listeners uh, pretty well weekly, and it, it is fantastic. I know that our show partners do as well. And here's the thing. I mean, you get to listen to us every week. You know how we operate. You know who we are. And that's one of the nice things about radio is uh, it's hard to hide. It's hard to not be who you are. I can tell you this now because we've been doing this for four years uh, and 200 and some odd episodes. Um, But we are here and happy to serve. In 2019, the provincial government conducted a real estate regulatory structure review, looking deeply into the practice of real estate in British Columbia. Now, this was sparked mainly by some activities going on in the market, which were potentially damaging to consumers. You know, you remember shadow flipping, hearing all that stuff in the news? You know, as a result of this review, the, the Perrin report, the British Columbia government created the BC Financial Services Authority with the aim to oversee the activity of real estate practitioners uh, in the province. And they do that by combining the uh, superintendent of real estate and the real estate council, which I'll explain in just a moment here. Now, today, our guest is Blair Morrison. He's the chief executive officer of the British Columbia Financial Services Authority. He'll be telling us more about what the changes mean to you as consumers, along with what it means to our realtor colleagues listening to this program. Plus, he'll be talking about anti-money laundering initiatives and perhaps what post-COVID recovery might look like, both in the real estate sector and the financial services sector, and for all of us here in British Columbia. Very much looking forward to having this fulsome conversation uh, with Blair. We always start our show uh, with a section on uh, listener stories or questions or things you'd like to talk about. And if you have something, just give us a call. The phone number is 250-250. 414 Leave a message uh, and we will get back to you. Or you can, again, find us, cfax1070.com, and we will uh, discuss your topic 
on the air. Now, as I said, because we're having our guest today to talk about the BC Financial Services Authority, I wanted to do a quick run through with you, our listeners, right now about the structure of real estate and how it works. Because something that you may not notice if you've transacted in real estate, uh, whether it's now or five years ago, or 10 years ago, or 30 years ago, or, or whatever, is that real estate in British Columbia is a regulated industry. And what it means is there are governing bodies in place. They establish rules. They establish things like disciplinary actions. When somebody breaks the rules, how do they get in trouble? How can you as a consumer complain? There needs to be a complaint process where consumers have protection uh, because, you know, we hear about some bad actors, not just in the real estate industry, but in all of the industries, you know, whether it's financial services or the car business or whatever. I'm, by the way, I'm not singling those out. I'm just saying that real estate's not the only one, right? And for consumers, it's really important to know that there is a framework in place that regulates how the real estate transactions are done. You know, you ever wonder about things like the, the current rules of multiple offers and bidding wars? Who establishes the ground rules? Who establishes how that all works out? It's not the realtor, by the way. The realtor has to follow an established set of guidelines and who sets those guidelines. Well, let's talk about the organizations right now. So the real estate company that your realtor works for is a, the company provides services uh, and a place for the realtor to operate out of uh, realtors who are licensed in British Columbia. And by the way, there are realtors um, uh, who are not members, for instance, of the real estate board. I'll get to that in a moment here. But uh, licensed realtors, they need to have uh, oversight by a managing broker. They need to have access to a trust account for their clients to um, uh, make deposits, for instance, on their purchases. So that's the real estate company. The real estate board is where all the real estate companies are members of. The real estate board provides services like the MLS system. You know, if you're receiving updates from your realtor, who compiles that information and who puts it all together? That's the real estate board. All the real estate boards across Canada, I think there's over 90 of them. Uh, they all have different uh, real estate systems, right? Um, from the provincial level, there's the British Columbia Real Estate Association, uh, which provides things like education. So continued education for licensees. It provides things like um, uh, uh uh, lobbying efforts for the real estate uh, uh, industry and a number of other things. So there's provincial and then there's national, which is the Canadian Real Estate Association. You as a consumer would be most interested in the in Korea, the Canadian Real Estate Association, because they're the ones who deliver realtor.ca. So the app or the site that you visit on a regular basis to look at properties across Canada, that is uh, a um, that is overseen by the Canadian Real Estate Association. And again, I mentioned there's like 90 real estate boards in the country. They all upload the data to realtor.ca. And by the way, I don't think I've mentioned this before ever over the past four years. We are lucky in Canada because we have realtor.ca. The states does not have a similar uh, uh, service. They don't because there are hundreds of real estate boards in the States. Realtors sometimes need to be uh, members of uh, many different ones and they don't talk well together. 
So they don't have a, a unified place where you can search for uh, properties. It's amazing to think about that, isn't it? But then again, there's more realtors in the state of Florida and the state of California each than there is in the entire country of Canada. So, you know, that is saying something. Uh, anyways, who takes care of licensing? So when a realtor gets licensed, that is the Real Estate Council of British Columbia. Uh, they handle licensing, they handle education. So when you are becoming a realtor, the applied practice course, of which, by the way, I'm an instructor, both here on Vancouver Island and in the Lower Mainland, that is overseen by the Real Estate Council. The Real Estate Council is also the body that has the power to um, impose fines and disciplinary actions, and if necessary, take away real estate uh, licenses. So that's really important for you to know. So discipline is uh, one of the big things. Now, there is also the superintendent of real estate. They are the regulatory agency of the British Columbia government, which protects consumers who are buying or selling a home. Now, the reason why I'm walking you through this today is because our conversation today with Blair Morrison, the chief executive officer of the newly formed BC Financial Services Authority, will very soon oversee both the superintendent of real estate and the Real Estate Council of British Columbia. What does this mean for you as a listener or a consumer? It means it's going to be a unified and hopefully more nimble place where uh, these all of these uh, regulatory bodies are together and the aim of course is ultimate consumer protection i'm very excited i'd like to know more about how this is happening i've been reading the reports as they come in there's a number of them um, but the main thing for you as a listener to know is there is protection out there you are not alone uh, real estate is a very important aspect of people's lives and uh, you should know that there is protection for you as consumers anyways uh, we're going to take our break here right now when we come back We'll be having a conversation with Blair Morrison, the CEO of the BC Financial Services Authority. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, our guest is Blair Morrison. Blair is the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Financial Services Authority. Blair uh, also serves as BC's Superintendent of Financial Institutions, Superintendent of Pensions and the Registrar of Mortgage Brokers, uh, as well as the Chief Executive Officer of the Credit Union Deposit Insurance Corporation. Blair is leading the British Columbia Financial Services Authority on its journey to become a modern, efficient, and effective regulator for BC's financial services sector. He's been instrumental in driving BCFSA's strategy to safeguard the integrity of the sector and to boost public protection. He brings more than 25 years of extensive regulatory, legal, compliance, and risk management experience. But before BCFSA, he held senior roles with some of Canada's major institutions, including 11 years with the Bank of Montreal and senior roles in legal, compliance, and procurement. Thank you very much, Blair, for coming on our program today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. Glad to be here and look forward to the conversation. Well, this is a very uh, interesting conversation that perhaps consumers in general may not really realize. They would have read about this in the news. And I know uh, our realtors who listen here will be very curious uh, about this as well. Let's start with talking about what the BC Financial Services Authority is, BC FSA. Tell us about it. 
So BCFSA is probably not one of the most uh, well-known regulators in the province, but it's a, it plays an important role. And for your listeners and those involved in the real estate sector, it's going to play a more, more, more even important role as we move through the summer and into the future. So BCFSA, um, the British Columbia Financial Services Authority, used to be part of core government. And that it was called FICOM, the Financial Institutions Commission. When I joined in uh, the summer of 2019, um, the the organization, the government was in the end process of taking FICOM and creating a separate crown agency called the BCFSA. So that involved everything from you know uh, new offers of employment to moving computers to moving all of that as we moved out of core government and into uh, crown. That happened on November 1st, and we had a celebration, and then 11 days later, the minister uh, said that we were going to be combining, integrating the two uh, real estate regulators in the province uh, within BCFSA. So for, for your, for your um, listeners, BCFSA um, is, I think, really important in terms of the sector it oversees. And from an individual perspective, um, I think you'll see that BCFSA is going to be uh, overseeing some of the most important decisions that uh, folks have uh, make in terms of their life journeys. Well, I think it's really important for people to know that it's not just the real estate sector. I mean, of course, this is a, a, a home program. It's the whole home show after all. Um, but the other uh, uh, regulatory responsibilities are things like mortgage brokers, credit unions, pension plans, trust companies, insurance companies, uh, and, and all of those as well, right? Yeah, so uh, the thing, I think the step back, Tony, that I'd like to give you in a perspective is think about a regulator that's overseeing the financial services sector. So exactly what you said, financial institutions, BC credit unions, trust companies, uh, insurance companies that are operating, mortgages, pensions, uh, insurance that backs up uh, your deposits with credit unions, and sometime later this summer, the real estate services sector. So when you think of that as a sector, you know that is obviously at the macro level, a huge driver of the overall prosperity of British Columbia. It is a main driver of our of our economy. And then from an individual perspective, you know, this regulator is going to touch people when they are making their most important decisions, deciding whether or not to retire. Will the pension plan have enough um, to keep me in a lifestyle I've grown expected to? Deciding where you're going to put your money. Are you going to invest in a credit union with your deposits and feel safe about that? And um, lastly, specifically to your show and the listeners, when you buy a home, we are going to be there essentially from beginning to end. We'll, we will be regulating and overseeing the real estate agents to the extent that your listeners would use a mortgage broker to help get the mortgage, we'll be there. To the extent that they get their mortgage from a credit union, we'll be there. We'll be watching market conduct. We'll be watching to making sure that uh, we're doing our best to instill confidence in the marketplace. We'll be watching the flow of money uh, in terms of the numbers of money that sources and where it comes in. And ultimately, it's a transaction that will be there at the beginning and will be there at the end for not only the economy itself, but to protect and ensure individual consumers uh, have confidence in the system that they're, that they're engaged in. I, I think it's really important for uh, listeners or people to, to know that this is not there has always been uh, regulatory bodies uh, in, in all of these things. And I have to say, in my 30 years, I have appreciated this because 
you know, there are there are rules in place that protect consumers. Now, the difference right now is the structure of where these uh, regulators fall, right? Because they've all been separate. Like the real estate community was um, uh, self-regulating up until uh, I think it was 2016 or something thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, and of course, all the financial sectors, they've all been under regulation, um, but it's just been in different sort of different pockets, as it were, right? I think the, the takeaway that I'd, I'd want you to take away from this is integration. We yeah. are going to be an integrated regulator that's overseeing the entire sector. And hopefully we'll be able to connect dots, share information and better regulate and better regulate with the view of instilling confidence. You know, uh, confidence in a marketplace that uh, can innovate and grow because there's a, uh, a regulator there that is ensuring a, a proper and fair playing field, but also for consumers. Again, someone who's looking out for their interest and connecting the dots. Uh, whereas, as you so uh, correctly said, it's been less efficient or effective that we'd like it to be with the different um, regulators um, overseeing. The sector is moving quickly. There's a very, um, you know, exciting hot market as the real estate industry uh, experiences from time to time. And people need to know that there's a regulator looking out for them and trying to protect their interest. Now, this is one of those things. It doesn't happen overnight. This is something that had been planned for a while. I remember reading uh, the Perrin report, the um, uh, Real Estate Regulatory Structure Review, which was, it was back in, uh, back in 2019, I think, or something like that. Um, so this is something that has been in the works for a while. Very interesting, of course, because this was all pre-pandemic. Uh, and I don't think anyone uh, expected the market to end up where it's gone right now. But in many ways, this is a very timely, this is a very timely uh, situation here, isn't it? Yeah, so let me, uh, I'll address a couple of things and we can break it up a little bit. Yeah. Your point on the history is, is key. Uh, the structure we currently have is 2016. And in 2016, self-regulation was, was removed by the government uh, overseeing the real estate uh, services, real estate licensees. Um, uh, real Estate Council of BC, so we call it REC BC, you know, continued to have that, but it was an independent, no longer a self-regulator. And they, they provided more accountabilities for the Office of the Superintendent of Real Estate, including overseeing what was happening at REC BC. Now, that was correct for the time, but we've seen evolution and you were so kind to refer to modern, efficient, effective. You know, having these two regulators, having them split up um, accountabilities, one looking at licensed activities, one not looking at licensed activities was, you know, in, you know, as the market evolved, not very efficient, confusing. And, you know, what we're trying to do here is, is correct that. So when you think of this um, opportunity, this transaction, think of becoming a more modern and efficient and effective regulator by, by taking away the overlaps, by better sharing information um, and giving more clarity to not only the public, but also the sector as to, you know, who is um, the appropriate regulator and where do they go for, for that conversation. Yeah, so many things to consider. We're talking today with Blair Morrison. Blair is the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Financial Services Authority. And we're having a conversation. What changes underfoot? Because this is happening in the summer uh, thereabouts, right, Blair? 
Yeah, so a couple of things to think about, and I want to come back to the point you mentioned earlier on about AML. So um, anti-money laundering. So money laundering is obviously on the front page. <laughs> Actually, Blair, you know what? If you can believe it, we're, we're coming up to our first break already. Uh, hold that thought because this is very important. We want to talk about anti-money laundering. Again, we're here with Blair, Blair Morrison. We're going to take our uh, break right now, but we'll come right back and we'll uh, continue this conversation uh, because we could go for a long time here. <laughs> uh, back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, if you're a podcast listener, you can download all of our episodes over the course of the last four years. We're at episode 208, I think it is right now, uh, on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, and you can listen in your car or at home at your leisure. And that will include today's episode as well, too once it is up and running. So much uh, uh, important information here today. Our guest is the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Financial Services Authority, Blair Morrison. Blair, again, thank you very much uh, for coming on our program today. Thanks, Tony. It's been a great conversation and looking forward to continuing. Yeah, now just before the break, uh, you brought up the uh, anti-money laundering initiatives, and I want to get to that uh, in a moment here. Um, just kind of dialing, dialing it back uh, for consumers and listeners to know uh, again, I mentioned earlier, I've existed in this structure of oversight and regulatory body in my 30 years in this career. Uh, I do look at other uh, regions and other areas where things like real estate are not regulated. I mean, there's certain parts of Europe, uh, Asia, um, other markets where, you know, we have colleagues that sell. And it's the, the difference is amazing. Like some people here might think, oh, you know, too much regulation, too much control, but really it is for consumer protection, isn't it? Yeah, I think when you can, you, you can talk about a number of different mandates, uh, a regulator could have a number of objects or, but fundamentally the way I look at it, it's about confidence. And it really is instilling confidence in the marketplace. Uh, you want to be, uh, you want to have a marketplace that has a um, uh, a transparent, open, but strong regulator, because quite, quite frankly, that brings money, that brings confidence to the system, that brings innovators, that brings people that want to grow. And from a consumer perspective, you know, you want to have, they, individuals want to know that the people they're dealing with are properly licensed, overseeing, have they done the necessary, um, you know, education. And, you know, the vast majority of the uh, individuals in this larger sector hardworking, smart, intelligent, trying to do the right thing. But from time to time, there are bad actors. And the regulator's job is to make sure that we deal with those bad actors in order to give confidence to the system. Yeah, and we see that in, in many different uh, industries. I mean, the, the uh, financial services, uh, you know, we read about uh, things that happen in the news. And of course, the regulator is there to, to take care of things. The, the biggest one, and it was mentioned in the parent report, of course, back in 2016, was that whole shadow flipping situation that, that had occurred in Vancouver. That, that feels to me like that was almost kind of like an instigator of, of, of a lot of where we're at right now. Um, 
I think there were a lot of challenges that boiled up around that time, you know, yeah. 2015, 16, 17, and then, then you know, a little later on. Um, you did mention there were uh, a, a number of expert panel reports that you've mentioned that, that did bring this integration uh, together or, or recommended it or continued to recommend it. And again, for your listeners, that's the integration of the BC Financial Services Authority with the two existing um, real estate regulators in British Columbia, the Office of the Superintendent of Real Estate and the Real Estate Council. And when you look at it from an AML perspective, um, any money laundering perspective, um, you know, real estate is uh, one of those industries like uh, art, exotic cars, um, other things that has been uh, a home for, um, you know, money laundering, uh, you know, bad actors being able to take uh, their money that they have, um, you know, g gotten from, you know, uh, uh, transactions that are not legal, and a, a way for them to introduce that cash, introduce that money into the system. And, you know, BC has had some uh, very high profile, um, you know, cases and discussions um, in the casino industry, in the, in the real estate sector, and it's something that um, we need to address. Money laundering, any money laundering, is a very complicated, um, uh, a very complicated situation. There are different players. There are different regimes. There's local. There's police. There's regulators. There's national. So you know, regulation in Canada has been, um, you know, challenged. Uh, here in British Columbia, the government issued, uh, you know, and directed uh, a commission. So the Cullen Commission has been taking um, testimony over the last number of months. Um, my team um, and my new team uh, all provided testimony. And we are waiting, you know, for the direction from the government or from Cullen and ultimately the government in the fall into the winter of next year as to where they want to take it. But it is it is an issue. It it, it undermines the confidence uh, in the system. And as I said, that's one of my main focuses as the regulator is to ensure confidence. Now, this is this is an addition to what already exists at the federal level with the Proceeds of Crime, Money Laundering and Terrorist Financing Act, right? That's correct. So there, overall, money laundering tends to be a federal matter, um, and they have specific legislation that you so eloquently said it, and also operated under FinTrack, the financial institution tracking. So that's the main entity. But how FinTrack deals with local regulators when we are overseeing a transaction, for example, how is that information shared with FinTrack? How is that information shared with uh, the police who may be looking at that at a different angle. Again, when you think of the integrated regulator that we are going to be, think of someone who can help connect the dots. Because what's been missing in the AML space, um, you know, we're not going to solve it by ourselves, but it are clear mandates and clear handoffs. I will do this if you provide me with this information. If you provide me with this information, I will provide it to this other entity. So you think of a, of a, of a money laundering situation, you know, you have police, uh, you have the feds, you have uh, the government here, you have consumer groups, and you have the regulator, and everybody's impacted. So we're looking forward to the Cullen Commission report, and then ultimately what the government decides to do. Um, and, you know, we certainly want to be part of that solution uh, going forward. 
Yeah, and there seems to be regular changes. I mean, we just passed June the 1st. It was a, a, another milestone. We now have uh, beneficial ownership uh, to report. We have uh, pol politically exposed persons, which is an, another interesting one. Uh, yeah. and, and, and those are things. And it's a reminder, there's a lot of moving pieces uh, in a real estate transaction, right? So just in case consumers are wondering, why is the realtor asking for my identification? Why do they need to see me face to face? There is a reason and this all uh, is under the umbrella of what we're talking about today, right Blair? It's a great point, Tony. And I'd say to your, your listeners and the consumers, they're asking that because they're doing their jobs. There's no you know, direction about, oh, I'm, I'm focused on you. We are asking realtors, we are asking um, uh, uh, banks, credit unions, appraisers, we're asking the whole ecosystem to take steps forward because it's not just going to be the regulator, it's got to be the regulator with everyone in the system that tries to move this forward. And I think a system that is, um, you know, addressing major systemic issues like money laundering at the realtor level, appraisal level, funding level, regulatory level is the kind of system you want. Uh, it's a system that basically ensures fairness. And that's what we want to see in a market. Yeah. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, who hasn't transacted in real estate for a while, this is nothing new, by the way. I mean, when I was the president of the real estate board in 2008 uh, at the at CREA, the Canadian Real Estate Association level, I was there at meetings when this was all uh, instigated. So this, it's been 12 or some odd years that uh, identification has been required. So yeah, some some of your some of your listeners may know the the infamous know your client, right? And when you're in a financial institution and you're uh, giving advice on investments or um, providing uh, uh, advice on various financial products, the fundamental new rule is know your client, know the risk that client has, know um, what his or her priorities are. And again, when you think of AML, it's know your client. What is this individual? Is this individual's transaction seem to be unusual? Is the source of funds? Are there real red flags happening? And we need everyone to do their part. Everyone from notaries to appraisers, to real estate agents, to regulators, to banks, everybody has a piece of this. So important to know. Well, we're coming up on our last break for the day. Our guest today is Blair Morrison. Blair is the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Financial Services Authority. We're having a conversation today about the integration of the real estate, the Superintendent of Real Estate and the Real Estate Council of British Columbia, which is happening uh, in a couple of months uh, here. Blair, please uh, stay, uh, uh, stay put there. We're going to take our last break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today with Blair Morrison. Blair is the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Financial Services Authority, which uh, as of this summer will be overseeing the Real Estate Council of British Columbia and also the Superintendent of Real Estate here in BC. Blair, again, thank you very much for coming to our program today. Thanks for having me, Tony. I happen to notice as well, too, and I don't have it here handy, but I was looking at um, the appointees for uh, the BC FSA, and I noticed that uh, Michael Noseworthy is a part of the team. He, of course, is the superintendent of real estate, and also uh, Aaron Seeley, who is the uh, CEO of the Real Estate Council of British Columbia. So it's not like there's overarching changes here. It's just kind of, I guess, where these organizations are, are being placed within the umbrella of the BC FSA, right? Yeah, I, I think that those are really good points. When I look at the sector, what we're trying to organize ourselves is 
less about uh, a silo that says credit unions or trust companies or realtors, but more about um, a functional approach. Because a lot of what we do, we license realtors, we also license mortgage brokers. We make policy for all of these scenarios. We uh, market conduct, uh, undertake uh, investigations and, and do disciplines. So there's a lot more similarities uh, in what we do across those three organizations and differences. And Aaron, who is Aaron Seeley, who's um, been the CEO of RecBC, and as you mentioned, Michael Noseworthy, superintendent. I'm so pleased that they have uh, taken on senior roles in the organization. Aaron's going to be our head of policy. So again, um, lots of good conversation continuing with the sector on, on, on issues. And Michael Noseworthy is going to be our head of compliance and market conduct, which again is where some of the some of the sector, not all, vast majority are honest, hardworking, good people, but there are some bad actors and you know, we'll see those probably through that discipline process that Michael is going to oversee. Well, actually, I'm glad you bring this up because several changes are uh, gonna happen in the disciplinary procedures, right? Uh, and yep. and for consumers to know, it's, it's important, like when a licensee, when a real estate uh, licensee um, either makes a mistake or an error or an intentional uh, uh, um, uh, deed that that uh, causes stress on the trust of consumers. That's where um, the 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 council steps in, which again is under BCFSA uh, very soon, right? Yep. So one of the key accountabilities, as you mentioned, of a regulator is um, making sure that the rules are followed. And I think as we go forward with um, the, the market we're in, the speed of transactions, how the market is evolving, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're dealing with bad actors in a most efficient and effective and fair way. So there are some changes that are going to come and we're going to have some conversations with the sector as we move forward. But it's all with a view to I want a regulator that is clear in intent and clear in outcome. We should be transparent. When we are making uh, decisions that impact individuals, we shouldn't be shy about that. So I think as we move forward, uh, Tony, it'll be um, a little bit of a different conversation, but as you mentioned, given some of the players, it's not a right angle turn. We've got some of those experienced individuals that bring the wealth of background and that your sector from a real estate perspective knows. And it's about building again, you know, that integrated regulator that's seeing everything and connecting the dots for this financial services sector. Yeah. And just in case someone has joined a little late or you're kind of wondering, we mentioned the Real Estate Council of British Columbia uh, many, many times throughout our, our time together today, uh, Blair. But uh, people uh, should understand that it's the Real Estate Council that uh, provides licensing for uh, real estate uh, agents. They also have the power to take away licenses uh, and to uh, to fine and, and things like that. So it's really important for consumers to know that there is a regulatory body that has that power. Something else too is, is talking about things like penalties. So penalties will be increasing for people that are not following the rules, which I think everyone is pretty happy about, right? Yeah, I mean, it is, you ask people, hey, we're making a more modern, efficient, effective regulator, and they say, that's great. And then we say, well, we're going to do, penalties are increasing, and then that's not so good. But I think what you said is exactly right. I think everybody sees 
an advantage to having a strong regulator that is um, you know, clear in intent, clear in outcome, um, transparent, and dealing with bad actors. So I don't think any of us uh, deny that. We're gonna make sure that we do it in, in a transparent way um, and become more efficient and effective because I think that's what we need. Well, you know, you, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to talk about 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 fines again because you know this I, we've heard it happen before, where for some bad actors, paying the fine has not been a big deal because it's almost like a part of doing business, and that's wrong. Like, I mean, there has to be a bigger uh, uh, penalty for people because if you break the rules, the rest of us play by the rules. We follow the rules. We're very cautious, and when somebody intentionally does that, there should be bigger penalties to pay hundred yeah, percent i think I, I think your point is well taken i think you you note that the legislation that the government has put forward again this is not bcfsa or austrian rec bc this is the government making a large p policy decision and they have provided for increased penalties so uh, i'm all for using my toolbox uh, the different tools may for be different jobs. And to the extent that, um, you know, we need to look at uh, larger penalties for more of the egregious um, uh, events, um, we're not going to be shy to do that. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, is there, is this, um, so BCFSA, are there uh, similar organizations in the other provinces across Canada? Yeah, so um, every province in Canada, uh, God bless Canada, is unique, and everybody does it somewhat differently. But I have um, I have dialogue. My team has conversations uh, across the country uh, with uh, regulators that some oversee financial institutions. Uh, you mentioned uh, deposit insurance, um, mortgage brokers, um, you know, and real estate. So you know, everybody does it a little differently um, because of the unique scenarios. But we are very much part of a of a larger group of regulators that talk, um, that spend time with each other, share information and share best practices. So um, I think that's important to know as well. Very good, very good. We're talking today with Blair Morrison. Blair is the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Financial Services uh, Authority. So Blair, what's gonna happen after COVID? So what does recovery look like in, in this sector once we're all back to normal? I'll give you that. That's a really good question, Tony. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I have a few gray hairs on my head and because I've lived through a couple of these financial crises before. Um, COVID was just different and it, it, it was societal. It, it affected everybody. It affected the way we celebrate and grieve and, and uh, entertain and all of these things. So what, what was fundamental from a, a system perspective is it wasn't about liquidity. When you think of the earlier transactions, um, there was problems with liquidity. Could banks, could others continue to make um, their, their obligations? We didn't see that. The, the system was quite strong in terms of liquidity. And you, know, you mentioned, to follow up on your uh, earlier question, we had we're having great conversations with the Bank of Canada, uh, with the federal regulators. Um, you know, there will be good things that come out of this very terrible uh, situation that have taken lives and impacted people forever. There are some benefits and, um, you know, certainly the ongoing communication and integration um, with, with the feds and with other regulators is clear. And with the system too. I mean, we were in contact a lot with the system. What's it gonna look like? Well, as we are experiencing right now, the, the real estate market has performed quite well through this process. And, and, and I think everyone's surprised because like we had, we didn't know, you know, last yeah. April, right? 
yeah, and there was a, certainly a pause, uh, uh, March, April, May of last year-ish. But since then, um, it's been a very robust market. Um, you know, and I think, you know, there's lots of things that go into that. Maybe it's a little bit of um, people knowing that they don't have to live in certain areas. They can live in other areas and still perform their work. Certainly, the team here at BCFSA has been working remotely since March of last yeah. year. Yeah. And we've, you know, efficiency, we're concerned about our, uh, you know, our team's mental health and all of that. But from a work perspective, you know, we've been able to continue to move forward. So there's a lot of things going on in the market. Vancouver has historically had a very robust um, uh, real estate market. It's not alone. They're, we're seeing this across the country in Toronto and other metro areas. And we're seeing it, you know, outside of Vancouver, um, you know, as, as maybe people look at what their next steps are. Um, and, and maybe making a decision to live somewhere other than downtown, downtown Vancouver. Um, I, I think uh, the, the differences here with other is there's been a significant amount of federal and provincial aid. I think that has been really different and it's been at the individual, um, individual uh, business level and individual level, which I think has been really important. You know, when you read some of the economists, they are quite I won't even say bullish, but they look quite positive in terms of what we're going to do as we come out. So I am cautiously optimistic. Um, we need to uh, get the vaccines. We need to get to those great numbers that um, all of us here in BC are driving for. And then I think the fall will be a, a very interesting time. If there's a pent up demand for everything from going out to going to dinner, to buying, to entertainment, to traveling, you know, that's gonna make a, a huge difference. Will people be still a little cautious about what's going on and where we are with things? So I would say I'm, we're keeping a close eye on it. We're having lots of conversations with lots of different people um, in, in the system. Um, the system has maintained itself. There have been losses, there have been uh, businesses that closed, but I think, um, you know, when you read a lot of the economists, they're looking for a, a positive growth this year. So hopefully that will bring, um, that hopefully will bring all, all boats will rise with the tide along that aspect. You know, and it's one of those things too. It's just a reminder about where we live, you know, British Columbia as a province, it is just such a beautiful place that, that has drawn people and the pandemic has, uh, you mentioned a moment ago, people working from home, they can choose anywhere to be. They have chosen the lower mainland or Vancouver Island. Um, and of course, just kind of circle, dialing back to uh, our topic today, as we uh, uh, wrap up our, our episode today, is the, the whole real estate sector. Um, again, the timing of this is, I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but for the BCFSA to be rolling in come summertime, because you see, there's other things we haven't even talked about today, Blair, like transparency and multiple offers and bidding wars and all of these things, which I'm sure are on your desk, things that you're uh, that you're thinking about, right? Yeah, I mean, the timing of this transaction was driven by the larger government situation. These three entities that we've talked about, uh, RecBC, OSRI, BCFSA, we are all creatures of statute. We are part of the larger government ecosystem. And in order to make changes to our mandates, our accountabilities, even our name, you know, that requires legislation. So if we can even think back to last fall, you know, we had a legislative session that was scheduled, but then election came. So this all got pushed out a little bit further than I think people originally anticipated, which was fine, allowed us to, you know, some additional time to get ready. And, you know, the summer is, um, is coming and that's when we expect all of this to come together, including what the government needs to do and what we need to do. And, and we're all looking forward to that. 
A lot of those things that you mentioned are, uh, are, are big P policy issues. The government um, needs to look at it in context of where its accountabilities. We, we look at them right now in terms of fairness. You know, what are we seeing? Is there, is there the transparency between the real estate um, uh, licensee and his or her client? Because that is a very important relationship oh, yes. in terms of the amount of information that is shared, the amount of information that you, as a as a real estate uh, licensee, know about your client, um, the the explaining the process, you know. So there, there's a lot going on um, where we are talking to a lot of people, including a lot of folks in the real estate sector, and uh, you know the market I think slowed down a little bit, but it's been quite robust, and I think we want to make sure that um, that confidence that people have. Um, as still exists in the marketplace. Fantastic. Well, um, I am thankful of the existence of the BCFSA, the British Columbia Financial Services Authority. I'm looking forward to things because, of course, I'm very active uh, in organized real estate. Um, but I want to thank you, uh, Blair. Again, Blair Morrison is the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Financial Services Authority. Blair, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming on our program today. Thanks very much, Tony. Yeah, and to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.